0: Hey Pastor, the toilet's backed up in the men's room and I don't think we have enough ushers today. (sighs) That's just great. I'm stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. I don't
1: fit in. Nobody's listening. They don't want to change. And now the toilet's
2: backed up and the ushers didn't show up again. What am I doing here? How have you been thinking about your church lately? Matters more than you think. On this episode of Rural Pastors
0: Talk. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rural Pastors Talk a podcast highlighting the advancement of Christ's kingdom in rural places just like the town you live in. The rural church is not the baby pool we splash around in before moving on to bigger opportunities. It's not the place we're confined until we can take off those training wheels, and it is not God's penalty box as a punishment for breaking the rules. No, Jesus died for his people. And as long as Christ's people live in rural places, a vibrant, healthy, multiplying presence of his church will be there too my name is TJ Freeman I'm the lead pastor of Wellsboro Bible Church in Wellsboro Pennsylvania and I am hungry hey hungry I'm pastor Joe Wagner from
1: God's family fellowship in Wellsboro Pennsylvania and I just had a bear claw
2: tasty you tasty. really
1: did I did from oh. sheets I broke my no bread diet oh uh, yeah it was one of those afternoons it's not a bread it's a pastry <laughs> yeah mm, lots of carbs and yes. sugar,
0: though, right tasty and Josh we'll- Oshawa.
2: Hi, guys. Josh McLaren, pastoral assistant, Wellsboro Bible Church. Hello.
0: And on this episode of Rural Pastors Talk, our least favorite foods, five points on how you view your church matters, and a quote from Mark Dever to help you think about the church more carefully. So, least favorite food, homeboys? Josh,
2: uh, canned
0: spinach. Ooh. Something ah. my
2: my parents used when I was a kid, and Do you like spin dip? I do like spinach dip. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's the it's the thing about the canned when it comes out, it just looks disgusting. <laughs> it's so a you pile. you can I can use it in recipes. I can even use mm. frozen spinach in recipes, but when it like mm, nope, you're strong to the finish because ah, I that's eat right. me spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm <laughs> not Popeye. You're
0: strong. I'm um, nope. Okay, moving on. Nope. DJ, nope. what is
1: your least
0: favorite food? The only food I can think of that I don't like. Uh huh. One. Do you okay. know what it is already? No, I don't. It's a condiment, and it's red, uh, ketchup? like devil's blood. Yes, <laughs> ketchup. I do not like ketchup. No. I never have. It it stems back to a childhood um, bad moment where I would be the one that would take the the, the scraps to the dog, mm. and my father, who really likes ketchup, would use it liberally, and it would get mixed in with the mashed potatoes and everything else when I was carrying it down to the dog. Oh and just yeah, that that's smell. Gross. And the fact that I didn't really want to be doing that job combined to scar my mind. Josh, do you put ketchup on your hot dog?
1: Yeah. Philistine. (laughs) TJ, you put ketchup on your eggs. (laughs) You're only allowed to put mustard on your hot dog. I put ketchup
2: on my eggs. I
0: absolutely don't put ketchup on anything. Yeah, you don't put it. I will eat it on meatloaf if it's it's cooked. Oh, yeah. It's like baked on on the top. I think that I might
1: molecularly change the composition so that there's no longer ketchup. That's right. It's now a warm,
0: savory delight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's yours? Couscous. Uh, ah. Yeah, I'm that, a
1: fan of couscous.
0: Is that the Emperor and Empress Cousco? Cousco. Cousco. close. Complete with water slide. <laughs> yeah, I like couscous. Nah, it's just like large, dry sand. From heaven. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: I, I really enjoyed it, too. I think it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah. that now has I'm nothing bad. to do with the important topic at hand. Indeed. So we had a, um, a regional chapter. You guys are like on a conference, a mini conference high right now. This well, is really
1: awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching
0: a conference high, the contact You're, conference high. <laughs> <you look> good. <laughs> it was the Gospel Coalition has a regional chapter in our area, and we had the opportunity to go to that today. And I was... Privileged to share on Ephesians three ten, and so I'm going to read that, and then just we'll just make five observations, five points on how we view the church versus how the Lord views the church, and how the way that we view the church matters, and we need to think more carefully. So, without further ado, Ephesians three. I'll start in verse seven. Why? Context. Context of this gospel. Ugh, speaking of context, what gospel? <laughs> This one. The one that really starts in the beginning of Ephesians 1 and goes through Ephesians 2 and now is teed up here at Ephesians 3. This gospel which has taken um, those who were children of wrath like the rest of mankind and brought them together into this unified body called the church where the dividing wall of hostility is torn or is is gone, etc. Um, so of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. To me... Though I'm the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And, get ready, mm-hmm. to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So God created all things, and he he created within his creation mm-hmm. a mystery. You like a good mystery, Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is one that, angels long to look into. This is one that the prophets of old were prophesying about and didn't fully understand. This is one that God's people, the patriarchs and others in the Old Testament that we follow along with didn't fully understand. There's something that God has been up to since the beginning of time. And before that, it was in his mind to do something. There's this mysterious purpose behind creation redemption a setting aside of his own people um, his bearing with mankind it's all leading up to verse 10 so that through the church the manifold wisdom of god might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places boom god is declaring it really exposing i think it'd be okay to say is exploiting a good word or is that too negative? Let's see what let's see where you're going. I'll go with exploding. Okay. But he is he's making visible his plan that he has had in place for all eternity that no one fully understood until this moment in time where the apostle Paul, who's been made a minister of this gospel, tells us, guys, this is what God has been up to. For all of creation, this is why he's been doing it. This is the point of his creation, so that through the church, God might show his manifold wisdom in a way that's out of this world to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, which has to do with demons, probably, um, evil forces, those who are kind of the the prince of the power of the air kind of thing. Either way, it's, it's, it's universal. It goes beyond the planet, throughout the universe... Throughout into a realm that we don't even understand. This just defies our understanding. God is making His manifold wisdom, His multifaceted, His variegated wisdom, kind of like the brightest picture of His glory. He's making that known in a way that's out of this world through the church.
1: Isn't it amazing that He has chosen to do that? Ugh, it is. It's Incredible so amazing. Grace.
0: And then verse 11, it was according to his eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is his eternal plan. It's the church. So therefore, the way we think about the church matters. And some of us have thought about the church like that pastor in the opening monologue, Mm -hmm. cold open. Mm -hmm. And we, at times, have thought about the church differently from the way that Scripture speaks about the church. Maybe we've lost sight of that purpose. What do you think about that? I would agree. There's certainly times when we
1: can be so excited, so charged up. The mission can be so clear in our hearts and our minds that we have from Scripture and um, the mission that the church is to be about and the church is to do. And then folks just don't get it. Mm. You know, we can We can say it so many times again and again and again. And they they they, they kind of don't get it, but oh, what a wonderful thing when a church does start to get it. That's true. Well, it's not it's just such a blessing and such fruit and it almost sometimes catches you by by surprise and you're like, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and charge forward. Yeah, that, that's a great thing.
0: Yeah, and it is awesome to get those glimpses <clears throat> of seeing men and women and children understand the purpose not just of their personal salvation, but of God's work globally um, and eternally that eternal purpose. Yeah. It's huge. Um, So what happens though, is we get stuck in these modes like COVID COVID has happened. And how many of us are like, I'm frustrated. I have to do online church or I'm frustrated because some people want to wear masks and some people think masks are the mark of the beast. Um, I don't know how to, it seems like such a distraction. We have to deal with all these other things. Yes. Right. And you can get bogged down with some of those things and and stop thinking about the church. As God sees the church and start thinking about it from a very human standpoint. So, and then as churches, we can get focused on things like, uh, you know, a building, just a facility. You can get focused on that, a program that you really like, a tradition, a structure that's different from the structure the scriptures seem to call for. These things are ways in which we look at the church differently than God has. But specifically as rural pastors, what I think we need to address is the fact that sometimes we can feel like our churches are lesser. And I don't mean less significant, less important. It's just that all the books, all the conferences, those things we often talk about, seem to be written and directed at a bigger context than here. And so like like we've said, not a lot of seminary grads are thinking about just dreaming in their dorm rooms of the rural. Place. We were talking with a brother that we just that we had a chance to meet, and he was
1: he was talking about how many years the church that he just went to pastor in did not have a pastor. They had an interim pastor for two yeah. and a half years.
0: Yeah, they couldn't get anybody. We have churches in our area like that. Mm-hmm. I've talked to some of the search committees, and they've said we just cannot get candidates to even think about this area. So, how do we think then about rural churches that really, really matters? And here is how we need to think about it. Every church is a high-definition display of the glory of God. Every church. True church.
1: Technicolor, baby.
0: Yeah, that's right. A bright display. So your church, rural pastor, is a vivid, brilliant display of God's manifold wisdom that transcends everything you can see and even shows the demons what God is up to. It's really profound. And the importance of your church is so significant. It is critical to the work that God is accomplishing. He established that church. He said the gates of hell won't prevail against his church generally, and that would include all the local churches that make up the broader church. So your church is critical in the work that God's been doing for all eternity. So
1: the very first big point that we are talking about is, if you have a different idea, if um, uh, if you don't... If you're losing that, you need to repent, right? You need to get your focus back onto what the church is and what it's about. And if you don't think that your church is able or capable or or super, super weak, gosh, repent of that, uh, fix your eyes on Christ, and stop thinking that way. Because if you start thinking that way, it's going to bleed out into the congregation as well. Mm-hmm. Churches are—the God. The Lord designed churches to, to be led from the top and for the spiritual leadership. And, and when they start to break down, they start to lose faith— man, the sheep are going to follow.
0: Yeah, so we've talked about it, of anything that you've thought, spoken of, or acted upon in regards to your church that's contrary to the way that God has treated your church, that's what you need to repent of. If you've been thinking somehow that your church is less significant, somehow that it's extra frustrating because you have more challenges than others, etc., you need to repent of that. And then that leads us right into our second point, Don't give into the temptation to compare your church to other churches. You need to stop longing for the church that you wish you had and be thankful for the church that the Lord has called you to. That church matters deeply to Christ who died to save the souls that he's entrusted to you as a shepherd. So don't... Be comparing yourself to the church that has the better music, the better kids program, the nicer building um, that's more centrally located, that's in a town versus out in the country like yours is, the one that has a bigger staff, the one that has more people, the one where there's more money. All of these things that can happen in the mind of a pastor, don't give in to the temptation to compare.
1: So you're reflecting, and when you don't want to give in to the temptation to trade your church for another step number 1 and then step number 2 what you need to be able to do and this is a cause this can be a difficult thing is identify where your where your church is at identify where the people in your church are at and to be able to focus your attention and bringing them up to be able to understand and think about the church the same way that you do having a great opportunity to be in a Bible study with young believers and and teaching them about the church, teaching them that it is a body, teaching them that they're connected, teaching them what the mission of the church is, teaching them about the ecclesiology and how the church is set up, and then going right to Ephesians 3.10 and teaching them this great big giant point that this, the church, the people, the Christians in the church, uh, we're displaying the manifold wisdom of God. Let them know... Right? So you don't try to train, train, trade your church or your church people for other people. Bring them up to speed. Redouble your efforts in those places and be praying to that effect and working to that effect. Cause I mean, We'll be honest with one another. Not everybody in the church understands this the same way that we do. So it's going to be a big thing to bring them up to be able to match your
0: passion and your intensity for the scriptural direction that the Lord has taken your church. So that was a brilliant segue into and description of another point. Help your congregation see how much they matter and believe it. So that will make that point number three. Help your congregation see how much they matter and believe it. So you're helping them see... We're not just a little country church. We're not just a, this church in this small town. We are the visible representation of the gospel. And the way we function as a church shows the wisdom of God in a way that impacts more than just humans. You you have to help the congregation see the bigger picture in all this. And then move away from the fight over the color of the carpet. Right move away from the disagreement about whether or not we're going to have Sunday school at 9 or at 1130 after the service. These kinds of things that can creep in and become a really big deal, and they are a big deal, they matter, they're important, but compared to what the church actually is and exists to do, they really are insignificant. But patiently and lovingly and humbly help scripturally train the congregation to see the church that way and to understand that they matter Way more than just their building their relationships. It's it's much broader than that.
1: You great transition there, brother, because you use the word impatiently doing that. Because mm. point number four, uh, take the long view, right? This this take the big view. You you're this is it's not going to happen overnight. The changing of a culture, the changing of the attitudes, the feelings, and the emotions of of the folks in your church, or even in your heart, uh, that's probably going to be a long shepherding process, don't you think? Is that where you're going?
0: Absolutely. And the the thing is, a lot of rural pastors have an exit strategy planned out in their mind. They're thinking, this has been harder than I thought it would be. I'm struggling more than I thought I would struggle. Relationally, uh, I feel disconnected. I've struggled with doubt, depression, financially, my family has struggled, all of these kind of things that we are familiar with, with hearing from brothers who are serving in rural contexts, you can begin to, in your mind, start to envision, you know, I could just go back into the workforce, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I could just apply to a it would be so much easier yeah if i just coasted if i just oh yeah that's a, a big one yeah right.
1: when not all those problems just go away if i did exactly what mm. uh old blue hair netty wanted me to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's right or or i want to send out my resume mm-hmm. to, all, all those things all could happen it. at the same time right? right yeah that's true so don't have the exit strategy in your mind uh, for me i I didn't ever have like an exit strategy in my mind, but you know that I've struggled with being in rural Pennsylvania because it's cold and it's small. It's cranking up, brother. It is getting to be fall. I know. And my sinful heart likes warm and big. You know, I like bigger places and I like warm places. So I truly had to take the pictures that I took. And made a canvas out of of the the pier at Naples, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a nice you know evening shot, the moon's coming out, sun setting. I had it on my wall, and it actually produced idolatry in mm-hmm. my heart, Rup. because I was thinking about that. And it would be cold and gray here for three weeks in a row, and I'm picturing myself out there on the beach, warm, and it was doing bad things to my heart. So I had to take the pictures down and i put up some pictures of elk that i took here and that helped me a lot so do those kinds of things you know get the the image of something else that's, that's why you have all the antlers in your office that's why yes get those other things out of your mind and and do set yourself up to take the long view this is where i am and lord willing this is where i will be i presume that the lord has called me here forever and now if he calls me on somewhere else fine that's up to him i hope not mm-hmm. but that is something you need to intentionally cultivate in your heart, is a long view, a desire to endure, to be patient, to um, go through the struggles and challenges that pop up and, and just be willing to stay. Take the long view. And number five: single. Uh, find brother pastors around you and partner with
1: them. How much Take a, take a bigger view than just your own particular local church? For a number of different reasons, because there are other churches that need encouraged and pointed in the same direction that you do too, to be able to come alongside other brother pastors and have them focus uh, on rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing that Ephesians 3 10 is calling us to something greater than just maintaining and coasting. So they will need some, uh, some help and some direction they might need. Uh, but then when you build that community of brother pastors who are like-minded and passionate, they're in any group of pastors, two, three, four, or five, you're all gonna kind of be in different places at at different times. So the the brothers that are just kind of in that cycle of being a little bit more excited, of passionate, being filled with energy, you guys take the opportunity to be able to come alongside your brothers who might be in the valley Mm. and to be able to help them and to lift them up and to pray for them and to give them insight and encouragement and building that camaraderie, that Christian brotherhood among pastors is i could not tell I, there are many many things to strengthen your ministry this has got to be for me probably one of the top five hmm. knowing for half of a decade how lo- how more longer how lonely and
0: energy sucking it was not
1: to have any brother pastors to hmm. come alongside you
0: yeah um and the point here is that the the church is much bigger than our churches um it's all true churches everywhere. So in your community or in your region, no matter how rural and remote you are, there are other Christians who don't go to your church, who go to other churches, which is good. There should be a great number of expressions of the local church, but you can go recognizing that this is a a bigger battle we're in and be helpful and encourage and strengthen and be strengthened by other pastors who are walking through this, and then get your churches to partner. Mm -hmm. Do things together. Um, See the kingdom of heaven, not just your own expression of the church. See the church as God sees it. So that is our five points on seeing, viewing... Say it for me, Josh. Thinking, <laughs> thinking.
1: I, I was, thinking. I was, I was, I was looking church. ahead. I was like, "Oh man, that's a good
0: quote on how your church matters." Yeah. yeah. Thinking on thinking you why view. why your church matters. How you view your church, why I, that oh, matters. What did I say? It, I don't the know. The way you think
2: about your church matters.
0: It's complicated. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. It's like our relationship. See, on that's Facebook, why I Josh. didn't <laughs> It's complicated. Uh oh. Somebody's in trouble. It's time for our SOS. 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 Send one out. Is it a message in a bottle? (laughs) I don't know. But our SOS, the first S stands for. Subscribe. You can do that by subscribing. Mm -hmm. Please click the button and um get these right automatically in your podcasting app. And the
1: O stands for offer oh. a
0: review please. We'd love an
1: honest review from you. Obviously, five-star reviews help us and help the algorithm to be for us to be able to get the uh, uh, our podcast out to more and more folks, but please, 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 please take a couple minutes and offer us
0: a honest and honest review. And thank you very much for those who already have. Mhm. And lastly, Josh, what should they do?
2: Share, please. Uh, Yeah. Word of mouth is spectacular. If you know a brother pastor and you think we might be able to encourage them or help them, please feel free to share. Um, Share on Facebook. We're live right now on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. Um, Feel free to share those links around. And that is not so that we can build an audience, as the guys have already said and explained every episode. It's just so we can connect and encourage
0: one another and uh, grow in Christlikeness. Speaking of which... We mm-hmm. had a chance to connect. We did. With a brother listener. Yes. Oh, that was sweet. He was also a brother pastor. All the way from Tennessee. hmm And he was traveling near us and decided he would reach out and see if we would get coffee with him. Yep. And, and we, we got
1: more than coffee. Well, at least you me did. and I did.
0: I had already had chicken wings. Same. So yeah. did I. So, we had a staff lunch. Yeah. So food was not sounding good, but the coffee was <laughs> flowing. Yes, it was. And you had, what did you get? A burger? I had the turkey avocado. Oh,
2: yes, sandwich. Yes, and so the The
0: brother was
2: Zach Wiley. Is Zach. his name?
0: And I told him, "What a great last name, Providence Baptist Church." What a wily little pastor he is. <laughs> yes, good and dude. We so, shared good, many good, similarities.
2: Good you and he.
0: Yes. Well, well, he has way more facial hair.
2: Uh, yes, but I was okay. The similarity I'm thinking of is <laughs> so he just had a two month. old He has a oh, two month old. Yes. So right, marriage and baby.
0: Yeah, exciting. Indeed, I forgot my mask. Yep, I felt really bad about it, but I did. So Josh bought my coffee. I couldn't even get up from the table. <laughs> well, um, so shall we end with our quote? We shall. Okay, a quote from Mark is it Dever. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. The first, if you first ask time a I met
2: someone, it is Mark Dever. Oh. Who's, who is that?
0: Never mind. We'll doesn't talk about matter. it later. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't like
1: particularly <laughs> litigious victorious Mark Dever. Yes.
0: Um, he, he said, I should have said litigiously victorious. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm uncomfortable hearing you say it.
1: Well, they won their court case.
0: Oh, Oh, litigation. yes, Yes. Yeah. Friend, what are you looking for in a church? Good music, a happening atmosphere, a traditional order of service. How about a group of pardoned rebels whom God wants to use to display his glory before all the heavenly host, because they tell the truth about him and look increasingly just like him holy, loving, and united. How about you put that in your church shop and guide and smoke it? (laughs) Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to email us, you can do it at?
2: RealPastorsTalk at gmail.com. Oh, over here. RealPastorsTalk at (laughs)
0: gmail.com. Very nice. There it is. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Raise your Ebenezer. So, you have to know something. Yeah. I, in two days, received two requests for longer episodes. Yes. <laughs> one was from that Wiley Zach, and the other one was from his Jeremy should, Jacobs. He should really? count. Okay. He should count twice. He said, tell Josh the longer episodes. Actually, you want to know what happened? Does he have a long commute? Lay it Classic on me. Jeremy. Ready? Lay it on me. Jeremy said... <laughs> To his new pastor, who they recently called. They yep. did. They did finally call mm-hmm. yeah. the pastor. Yeah. He's, a,
2: he's, a, he's a cool dude. I really like Mike. He
0: is, yep. yes. Um, Jeremy said to him, I, um, this is one of the guys who does the real Pastors Talk, and Mike said, should I listen to it? And Jeremy said, eh, go back and listen to the older episodes. They were better because they were longer. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, yes. Jeremy. So thank you, Jeremy. And would you please let Josh know? that the longer episodes rule. And this is going to be one of our shorter ones. It will be potentially the shortest. The shortest. That's because dinner's on the table. Indeed. Yes. All right. right. Peace out. Ciao. Later.